What's up, everybody? Welcome to a new season of Philosophy. It's 2024, New Year. Uh, now we're a few weeks into the new year, but our special guest today is one man that is a, f- a fan favorite of myself. He is a comedic veteran. Everybody give it up for Mr. Bob Smiley. So we, uh, uh, it's awesome. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I really appreciate you being on here. So yeah, I, thanks for having me on, man. I've uh, I've been looking forward to this. I mean, it's my favorite podcast to listen to. I mean, I love. What did you say the name of it was again? <laughs> philosophy. Yeah, yeah, I love philosophy. I listen to it. Do you put it out weekly? I, I do. Yes. <laughs> I, I I listen to it every week. I just I mm. mean I can't wait for it to come out on Fridays. What day does it? Wednesdays. Friday. Fridays, of course, Friday. I was just testing you. Yep. Yeah, every mm-hmm. Friday, me and my family wake up and we just can't wait. We're like, "Has he dropped a new one?" So yeah, it's a it's an honor to be on here. How's that for staying in a permanent pucker and kissing up right at the beginning? <laughs> this fantastic. is why I'm a veteran. Exactly. I know I know how to stay on everybody's good side. Oh yeah. So you've been doing comedy for 20 years now, which is exciting. Yeah, actually, 26 uh. is mine. Yeah, this is my 26th year. I am so old. Like, it is uh, crazy. My joke that I say is that uh, I've been doing it for 26 years. My hotel shampoo collection is massive, but it's not a joke. Like, literally, when people come over, my brother-in-law lives in Argentina, and he's staying with us for a couple of weeks uh, in the States while he's um, working on – he's a consultant for some tech company and some – and. Uh, I was literally like, what do you like? Holiday Inn, Hampton Inn, what do you, you know, I've got it all. Comfort, like you tell me what shampoo you want and I've got it all. So yeah, there are some perks to uh, to traveling and doing this and uh, yeah, free shampoo is, is definitely one of them. But yeah, it's, uh, my wife and I were adding it up over Christmas break and it's, this is my 26th year. That's awesome. So that's cool. Your, up, yeah. your website needs updated. <laughs> yeah, it does. But, yeah. But no, that's awesome, man. So I first, uh, not necessarily met you, but I first like saw you, heard of you back when the, the rock show comedy tour with Tim Hawkins uh, was, it go, was it going on. So have the DVD. Not many people say they have a DVD anymore <laughs> in the age of. Yeah, that <laughs> uh, that is crazy. Like people will say that they they that dvd blew up because Mm -hmm. obviously hawkins was on there and we filmed for three days in california uh for that dvd Mm -hmm. and i love traveling with him because normally i'm the weirdest person on the tour bus and with tim there it's not even close like it's not (laughs) like i i feel like a banker just sitting there you know like a like a real grown-up adult (laughs) sitting there when hawkins is in the room that's cool so, uh, so when did you like, how did you first decide you want to do comedy? Like, what was that? Like, you know, I was kind of forced in it, uh, because I, uh, ha- I was forced to either do stand up comedy or, um, uh, my wife has one, uh, get a job. That was the <laughs> other, uh, option. And so, um, no, I, I decided to do it. I did a stand up competition, my junior year in college, uh, and I just did it trying to win the prize money. So first prize was $500. And so I, I just wanted $500 because I was going to Abilene Christian mm-hmm. out in Abilene, Texas and West Texas. So $500 is like 
six months rent out there. <laughs> so I was like, I, yeah, I want to win this. And so I did that. I never thought I could do stand up. Like I really mm. never did. And I'm sure some of your listeners are heckling me going, you still haven't, you know, but <laughs> I, uh, <clears throat> I put together a little act and uh, I made fun of the Abilene zoo mm -hmm. and student loans and stuff like that. And I won not because I was even good. Everybody else was just really bad. <laughs> and then I got this phone call a year and a half later. Uh, this guy had gone out to Nashville and he was road managing a Christian singer named Clay Cross. And they were about to leave for tour and Clay said it'd be fun to have a comedian like MC and keep the crowd entertained in between the acts and stuff. And this road manager saw me do that one stand-up competition in college. And so he called me up out of the blue and was like, do you want to go on tour? So when I decided to do stand-up, there there's actually two answers. One, I decided to do it. He actually paged me. He got my pager number. So yeah, that's how old I am. Um, <laughs> and I pulled over to Cracker Barrel Payphone and I called this number, not knowing what, you know, the number was or who was paging me. And he was like, do you want to go on tour? So the first time I decided that I would go into comedy was I'd said, okay, to this tour. I, I was very flippant about it, standing outside of Cracker Barrel going, so what do I have to do? And he was like, fly to Nashville. We'll leave for tour. We want you to entertain the crowd. And the only way they could pay me was they had money to pay a merch guy to, to go out and set up the merch tables and sell merch uh, during the show. So they said, uh, we'll hire you as the merch guy so we can pay you. But really, we want you on stage, like, you know, doing stand up and keeping the crowd entertained. Mm -hmm. So the first time I said yes to being a comedian, I thought I'll fly out. They'll fire me in a week when they realize I'm not a comedian, but I will have been on a tour bus for a week and mm -hmm. I would, you know, travel and, uh, you know, see some parts of the United States. And also I think we're going in Mississippi. So, you know, let's see third world country. And, you know, it, it was like the idea of, okay, this is just an opportunity. I'll take it. I'll get fired and sent back home. But you know, I took it. So that's the first time. And then I got out on the Clay Cross tour and Clay really liked me. So he asked me to stay on and do some of his summer dates. And then the newsboys saw me on that tour. And so they asked me to open for them the next year. Uh, so really then about three years into doing standup, I was sitting in my little, I'd bought a little starter home in Nashville and I was sitting there uh, in my kitchen, writing jokes, working on stuff. And I, I thought to myself, I was writing a joke about my dog and I couldn't make it work and I couldn't figure it out. And I, and I stopped and I was like, why am I even doing this? I'm not really a comedian. Like mm -hmm. this is not going to last very long. And I had a dry erase board, uh, up above my kitchen table and I'd put all my show dates that I had coming up on there. Uh, you know, I couldn't afford a computer. So this was my, you know, mm -hmm. I, I lived like an Amish person for a little while, uh, <laughs> while I was starting out. And so I had all my dates written out on this dry erase board. And I was like, I don't even know like how long I'm going to be doing stand up. And I looked up and I don't know why it took me this long to realize, but I looked up and my entire spring was like full of stand up dates. Mm. And that was the eye opening moment for me as like, oh, I'm actually doing this because I'd, I'd been so busy being on tour and uh, mm. youth groups were hiring me to do it. Like I literally just kept doing it. 
and never really sat down and thought, what is my long-term goal or what is my, mm-hmm. and I looked up at all these dates that were booked. And that was the first time it dawned on me like, oh, I'm actually doing this. Like I, I guess I'm being successful at this. So mm-hmm. uh, it really kind of fired me up to, you know, start reworking that dog joke because I was like, I guess I'm a comedian now, I guess. Because it, mm. it, it wasn't ever my goal in life. Like I didn't set out to be a comedian. I just, I always was the funny kid, but I never thought I could do, because stand-up is so different than mm. being funny in your living room. You know, there's <laughs> just, it's it's such a different, people come up to me all the time and they're like, yeah, I want to do stand-up because I'm like really funny. And I'm like, okay, uh, tell me something. And they're like, well, I mean, like I, I need you to say something, and then I'll say something funny back, and, and I'm like, that's not stand up. Like, <laughs> you gotta be ready and have stuff at the, you know, you're you're bring you're walking into a room and saying, everybody hush, I'm gonna make you laugh for an hour, mm-hmm. which is insane. But you know, it so it's a different type of comedy. But that's whenever that was the first time I realized. I realized you asked me a simple question, and I'm giving you a plot. But hey, that's fine. Um, that's the answer. Those two moments were the the two moments that I I thought, oh, I'm I'm going for this. Like cool. this is this is something I probably could achieve. So that's that's how I got into it, and that's how I stayed in it. That's awesome. Now that's really cool. I think that's one of the things you know, like with uh you know, you and, you know, Tim Hawkins and those like, you know, other guys you circle with, like, they're really, you know, I, uh, my family, we love watching comedy. We, we watch like dry bar comedy, like all the time and stuff like that. We're always looking oh, yeah. for like the, the kind of the, the newer com- comedians that come out kind of stuff like that. And there's, you know, we have a very specific sense of humor style and, and uh, congratulations, you fit into the, fit into that humor pocket. <laughs> and so, but yeah, but I know you, so I don't know <laughs> if that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think I feel like I just got slammed. Um, <laughs> but no, and and the other thing is comedy is powerful. And mm-hmm. I grew up a Christian. And so no matter what I ended up doing, I wanted to do something for God. Like I wanted God to use me. Mm-hmm. And comedy has always been powerful. I, I've told the story on countless podcasts, but in second grade, the teacher asked, uh, we were doing a math question and it was five birthday candles plus three birthday candles equal how many birthday candles. And there was a kid up at the front that couldn't figure it out. So she said, does anybody, can anybody help? And I always, I don't know why my teachers loved me. So my seat was always in the back near their desk. And so I was way in the back. And so I raised my hand and she was like, Bobby. And uh, so I, I, I got up from my desk and as I was walking up to the to the chalkboard, I thought of a joke. And so I had my set list. Like I was a, you know, this budding <laughs> young comedian. And I got up there and in front of my uh, class, I go, well, you have five birthday candles and you're adding three. So you count them all together. And I counted on my fingers and I was like, so you have eight birthday candles. Come on, Lloyd. It's a piece of cake. <laughs> And it was totally silent. None of the kids got the joke, but my teacher, Miss Brown, looked at me and she and she just goes, mm-hmm. like just a little chuckle. That was it. That's so I went and sat down. But here's why I tell you that story because I've always known that that comedy is powerful. My dad's super funny. I I watched him uh, use comedy to uh, you know get. Uh, he would walk in a room and even if it was a tense situation, he could use comedy to kind of you know, ease everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and cause comedy, you're giving people a gift, you're giving them laughter. And so, uh, that day, whenever I was walking out of the classroom, uh, Miss Brown called me over and she was like, Hey, um, I was having a really bad morning 
And I have thought of that birthday candle joke like throughout the day and it made me laugh. So thanks for like cheering me up today. That was really mm -hmm. good. So even, even in, uh, you know, elementary school, I walked out of that room thinking, wow, comedy is powerful, mm -hmm. is super powerful. So even though I didn't want to do stand up or didn't think I could do it, uh, no matter what I did with my life, I wanted to, I wanted to do something to make the world a better place or to, mm -hmm. you know, to, to make people uh, better off than before they met me. And so when I got an opportunity to do stand up, I realized like I can travel around and I can give people laughs, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that is a gift. And if I give them a gift, they'll, a lot of times they'll lower their walls down and they'll hear everything that I say. So, you know, I can, I can go and make them laugh, but then I can also share testimony or mm -hmm. I can, talk about how great God is and people will listen to me because I've shown up and given them, you know, the gift of laughter and stuff. And so, uh, that's really mm. whenever I started realizing that, that comedy could happen, like it could be a career. Mm -hmm. I realized like, Oh, this is a huge opportunity. I feel like God kind of, he, he almost opened the door and then kicked me through it because I was never going <laughs> to pursue stand up comedy. Uh, so, you know, he kind of orchestrated this, weird way to get into it and once i did i was i was you know off and running and, and pretty excited about the opportunities i had that's cool that's that's awesome man i, th I think that's that's it's uh as you said that's really cool the comedy has that kind of ability just to you know make people laugh and you know i've all personally i've always known like anytime i get frustrated if i hear something funny and i can laugh all of a sudden the frustration is just like gone and i'm like oh hey yeah look at that you know and yeah. I think that's a that's a cool ability to you know just to just to be able to walk in and just give like I say give that gift of laughter to someone and you know it is a gift it is a, it is a talent it is a specific thing like you said there's there's a lot of people who are funny but there's a lot of people who can be funny and so yeah. like there's you know like I tend to, I can I can make people laugh around the office and around the house and things like that but. I don't have that ability like you do to be able to go and just keep it going for over an hour. And that I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it can be when it's going great. There's mm -hmm. nothing better. Right. But <laughs> there's there's so many nights of just bombing and learning how to do it. And yeah, yeah it's it can be it can be grueling. But yeah, laughter is it really is powerful. Um, there's a guy named Phil Joel who uh, used to be the bass player for the Newsboys, and now mm -hmm. he's a solo artist and stuff. And he and his wife, uh, they told me this trick one time. If they ever got frustrated or angry or anything, uh, they would just stop and they would say, um, I'm having a crazy day. And they would do this weird little dance and it just all of a sudden would take them out of whatever was frustrating them or whatever was uh, <laughs> making them angry. And my wife and I do that. Like we, if we start getting frustrated at one of the kids or, you know, something is not going right in the house, or something breaks or something, we'll just turn to each other and being like, not having the best day <laughs> and you know we just start like moving really you know bad dancing or what my wife calls me dancing and uh so we uh you know it, it just taking yourself out of uh you know the situation a little bit and just stopping and laughing a little bit uh can really change your outlook and mm -hmm. so it is it is a powerful thing that's cool so um what is your like testimony like if you had to give me a nutshell like when did you be uh come a christian and you know what drove that and what's your what's what's your testimony in a nutshell 
<laughs> well, I'm still writing it. That's mm. uh, every time people ask me what my testimony is, I always kind of think like, where do I start? And I can't end because right. I'm still mm. like writing out. But I guess the nutshell is I uh, grew up in a very loving Christian home. Um, and people are usually surprised because comedians are usually tortured souls. Mm. You know, there's some reason why they're taking the chance to get on stage to kind of get love or get laughter or get, you know, like they're, they're trying to fill a void in their life. And so there's, that's why there's so many like suicides and drug abuse and all that kind of stuff. Comedians are normally messed up. So, uh, but I'm, I, I just, I, I didn't go through any of that. I had a very awesome childhood, um, loving parents, loving, uh, grandparents, great grandparents, uh, and they were all Christians and um, they didn't really, my, my parents did a good job cause I'm a very strong willed child. Um, but my parents did a great job of not like forcing me. Like I had to go to church, mm. but like, we didn't wake up and, you know, I had to do a, a Bible study every morning or I didn't have to, they weren't forcing it down my throat. They basically presented it like, this is what we found to be true. And there's a loving God. There's a creator of all of this. Everything is so like designed, you know, just so intelligently there is a creator this is like they they kind of explained it all out and they said this is what this is what we believe and this is what we found to be true and we're presenting it to you but you need to make up your own mind you need to have your own relationship with jesus and stuff and so uh because i respected them and my grandparents and stuff like i really dove into it and it it's it really is the most boring testimony uh, out there, but I grew up in a Christian home, uh, looked into it myself, um, got a relationship with Jesus and, uh, have pretty much that's, you know, all the Tim Hawkins has a great bit, uh, about, cause you used to have guys come tell their testimonies at church and it was just always the worst, <laughs> like, just like would make a great movie. And Tim sitting in the back going, man, I wish I was addicted to crack, you know, so he would have a good story. And stuff, but yeah. So we we don't really have a great story, but I love it because it's my story. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've just always found, you know, everything points back to a loving, awesome Creator, mm-hmm. and uh, so I try to live my life honoring Him and you know telling others about Him. That's awesome. I th- I think that's really cool. Um, how you said that because I uh, on. <laughs> Some Sunday nights, like I, we have a, a youth group that meets on Sunday nights, and I'll I'll help out with that. I'll help do you know because I do audio tech, so I'm, I'll come help do sound for that. We we just did some stuff, and so Sunday, we were talking about testimonies, and that everybody's testimony is different, you know. And if everybody had the same testimony, then that you know that wouldn't make uh, first point make the world unique, but then like you know, like you said, like you 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 may have a quote unquote boring testimony. But your testimony will help someone else that's walking the same road that, you know, that you walked. You know, it may not be the, yeah. you know, it may not be the crack and the heroin and the drug addict and the al- alcoholic. But there's, you know, not everyone's crack, <laughs> you know, alcoholics, drug addicts, you know. There there are a lot of people that grew up in a Christian home that, like, you know, once they turned 18, they're, you know, they're free, you know. And they have to make their own decisions, yeah. make their own life. And so I have a lot of friends that... I've seen go both ways. I have, I had one friend who, you know, when during high school and throughout high school, he, you know, was kind of a crazy person, you know, I mean, he, he, I mean, within the, 
you know, quote unquote Christian parameters, but he just was wild and crazy. I'm like, oh, as soon as he gets free, like, you know, like he didn't know. return a library book when it was due. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Leave you know. the cap off the milk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I knew crazy wild people like that too. Exactly. And so, and, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, no, he, he just, you know, had, and then I was like, oh, when he, he's going to like straight away from the Lord, like that's totally, you know, I, that's, you, you can kind of see that where, where it's going. But as soon as he got out, you know, he, he hunkered down, he chose like, this is the path I want to be on. And, you know, now one of the, you know, probably one of the coolest deep theological Christian guys I know. <laughs> and so, yeah. but, um, and then I've obviously seen the other way too, where they just, once they hit 18, they're just gone, you know, we pray for them to come back. But like you said, test, everybody's testimony is different, but that everybody's testimony can always help somebody else. And so yeah. I, th- I think that's really cool. So I'm going to ask you the same question twice, but they're, it's going to have two different twist to it so the first question is what's your favorite old testament bible story and why oh okay so just old testament yeah well i i guess you, you could you could do old and new what's your what's your favorite Bible story let's just go the whole 66 books what's well i kind of like the old testament because i've i've never been asked that like okay. i always am asked like my favorite uh bible verse or favorite story in the bible mm. but to specifically make it about um the Old Testament, I like that because the Old Testament is gruesome. Right. Like there's so many great stories. You know, a guy, an overweight dude gets stabbed in the belly yes. and the sword disappears. Sword. Yeah. So they can't tell how he was killed. Like that's Sherlock Holmes <laughs> exactly. stuff right there. Like it's so amazing. And there's just some some great <laughs> stories. But um I probably and I do a bit about this on stage, but um, uh, Abraham uh, being asked to sacrifice Isaac, mm-hmm. I think, is just such a great story to remind us that like this world is like it's not our final resting place, and we don't need to put like too much stock in anything here above God, mm-hmm. and so. The whole story of Abraham being asked to take Isaac to the top of the mountain to sacrifice him, you know, and then God stopped him because it is a gruesome story. I mean, mm-hmm. it is like I've, I've seen movies that have portrayed it and mm-hmm. it's, you know, watching them walk up and watching Isaac's face, you know, like as he's kind of figuring it out. And whenever he even says, you know, where where is the sacrifice, you know, official uh, goat like it or ram or uh, it, like you just see the the terror at, on his face. It, like it, it is a gruesome story, but it makes such a great point mm-hmm. uh, to that. The the joke I tell on stage, which is actually based on a true story, is um, uh, I tell people to find out what your kids are reading uh, before you do certain activities. Because I took my oldest son Coulter on a camping hiking trip, not realizing he had just gotten to that part. So I got out of the tent and I was like, "Good morning, Coulter. You want to go on a hike?" And he was reading. The story about Abraham Day, and he was like, "No, <laughs> no, I want to go home." And uh, <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I like that story. I mean, uh, yeah, there's just so much Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, mm. if if you get so off track, and the thing is, like, you look at people that are just full of debauchery and evil, and you're like, you know, how how are they? allowed to exist and even prosper. You know, how are these people that are so bad? Like, well, Sodom and Gomorrah, they were allowed to do that for a while, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and, and it, the, the city turned like a 
very, very corrupt. And, you know, I, I don't even know how long it was that corrupt before God stepped in and did some, but it is a good reminder that God is watching and mm-hmm. eventually we, we will all have to answer for our actions. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's great. I don't know, man, that's, I'm going to go with uh, Abraham and Isaac, but mm. there's so many good stories in there. That's like, awesome. it's just, it's, it's amazing. Cool. And then the, the second twist of that stories, as you mentioned, like or your... I might go with Evan almighty. Um, <laughs> that's, that's that good... was, that was really good. Mm. That was a really good Evan, uh, story. There. Evan, yeah. That was a good story. That's a, uh, um, but so if you had to take, take, you know, you mentioned like your son Coulter reading, you know, reading Abraham Isaac and then you're like, let's go on a hike. Have you ever had your kids read a story and then they come to you and be like, what's happening? You know, like this doesn't make any sense. Like this is, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. All the time. And in fact, my uh, middle kid Trent it really got into reading the old Testament because mm-hmm. uh, he's a hunter. He, uh, you know, sells, uh, he tans and sells hides and stuff. And so he's a, he's a real outdoorsman, um, you know, kind of just a cool kid. Uh, and he, so he loved the old Testament and reading stuff. So he was always coming to me and going, you know, wait a minute, why, why did he have to hold his hand up so that his side of the, um, you know, of the battle, uh, they, they would win every time he, you know, kept his hand up and like all this kind of stuff. And so it's, it's fun to look at the imagery of what God was having happen then mm-hmm. that would help, you know, us throughout eternity to be able to look at it and, and be able to glean stuff from it. Um, and, uh, yeah, but my, yeah, my kids were always, you know, coming and asking questions and stuff. That's why it is important especially if you're going to be a parent and you're going to try to raise your kids, you know, in the truth, um, you've got to be in the word, Mm -hmm. you know, every single day, you've got to be, I, I actually, so I was 20, maybe 27 or 28 before I actually read the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. You know, I knew a lot of the stories I knew, you know, uh, all the hits and, and stuff, but, um, I was, uh, I was playing with my son, Coulter. He's my firstborn. Um, uh, he was a little kid and we were playing in the living room and the TV was on. And to this day, I can't find this commercial. And I don't know why, I don't even know how this commercial came on TV, but I was, we were playing in the living room and all of a sudden the TV went quiet. So it got my attention. So I looked at it and it just showed a baby that morphed into a toddler then morphed into a middle school kid and then a high school. And so you watch this guy age, Mm -hmm. till he was like 75 and it was silent. And then all it said was, and this was on, I mean, we couldn't afford cable. So this was like regular TV. Mm -hmm. And all it said was, are you going to tell God that 75 years wasn't long enough to read his book? And I don't know who sponsored that. I don't know how that ad even got on TV it rocked my world because I was like, oh, I've read a lot of the Bible. I've never read the whole Bible mm. through. And so that was the first year that I started, you know, reading the Bible through. And then I started uh, finding different ways to read it, like the chronological. That's what I'm doing this year is the chronological order, mm. um, which is actually my favorite way to do it because it really puts in perspective of the timelines mm. and stuff. Um, but if you're going to if you're going to try to speak truth to people, you really need to be in the word you know, knowing what the truth is. Mm. And so that's a, you didn't ask for a challenge for your listeners, but that, that would be my challenge is that, uh, 
if we're going to talk about this stuff, we need to know what we're talking about. Mm, that's good. I think that's a a good word for anybody is, you know, you, you, the, sec- the second you try to challenge someone, if you don't know what you're talking about, you're going to get spun around. You're going to be like, well, um, uh, 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 and then all of a sudden your yeah. credibility is out the window. You know, no one's going to know yeah. what you're talking about. You know, they're not even going to want to talk to you anymore because you're, you know, you just don't have anything there. But no, I think that's really yeah. good for sure. Um, so if you're, you know, in your forties now, you know, <laughs> and, um, um, yeah, late thirties. Yeah, well, late thirties or forties, you know, somewhere in there. And so I don't know. <laughs> they always, I my kids used to ask me how old I am, and I would always say I'm plenty one. Plenty one. And <laughs> so I went. I the when my kids were younger, I used to get asked to you know to, to go up to school because you know it is a pretty interesting job as a mm. comedian, and I also write for Focus on the Family. I write these uh, this kid series mm. uh, called The Adventures of Average Boy. And so when the first couple of books came out, uh, all my kids' schools wanted me to come and read like these average boy stories. And um, so I remember one time Trent introduced me. He was like, this is my dad, Mr. Smiley. Uh, He's a comedian and he writes books and he's plenty one. And so he actually, like, and I realized like, oh, they really do think I'm plenty one. Like that's a number um, that we'll, I guess, stick with. But yeah, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, that's that's good. That's uh, that's funny. Um, you do you want care to share with the listeners how old you are, or are you, we stick um, with plenty one? Yeah, I will. I just and yeah. So I normally don't tell people that. So if you are listening now, please don't repeat what I just said. <laughs> Wait a minute, funny. did we glitch? We 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 did glitch, but it's okay. We'll, we'll keep on going. You know, we don't have time. I to go apologize. Back. My. My neighbor's Wi-Fi mm. is not that great, so it is. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't have time to, to go back, listener. So, his um his age four made a mystery, but no, uh, yeah. So if you could be remembered for one thing, like you know, when you're you know, gone on to your heavenly home, and people are like, "Oh, Bob Smiley," you know, I remember him for. What would you want it to be? I would want. I would want to be remembered as a really good husband and a really good dad. Mm. Um, I know I've done some really interesting, fun things, you know, uh, being a comedian, being an author, all that stuff is great, but I love being a dad more than anything else. And so I really would, would hope. And a lot of that comes from, I've got a great dad. My grandparents, uh, my grandfathers were great. My great grandfather was phenomenal. Um, and so when we sit around and talk about them mm-hmm. uh, that have passed on, I I love that we have all these great memories of what good people and good dads they were. So, I mean, it would be great if people remembered, you know, my comedy specials or kids like now, you know, once they're grown up there, they're like, oh, I read the Average Boy Devotion books and that really got me you know, focused on, mm-hmm. on God and, you know, made a huge difference in my life. All that stuff is great. But if my kids can be sitting around with their kids, uh, you know, and talking about me and they were like, he was a great dad and a great grandfather. That, that to me is, that's what I would want. That mm. That's the most important thing uh, in my life. That's cool. I think that that's really awesome. That's, um, I think it's it's cool to to have that legacy to leave that legacy behind, you know. My um 
Yeah, and there's always going to be better comedians. There's going to be better, mm-hmm. you know, humor writers. You know, like there are so many good uh, middle school books out there that mm-hmm. are funny. So there's always going to be somebody better than me than that. But if I could be the best dad, mm-hmm. you know, th- for my kids and the best example, you know, like my dad has been um, to me, that's the legacy. That's mm-hmm. that's what you pass on. That's that's going to last way longer than somebody being like. Oh, I went to a Boss Smiley concert, you know, mm-hmm. 20 years ago and it was good. You know, I think that yeah. I think it's more important to to leave a legacy in your family. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's that's really cool. So we we mentioned it earlier, but uh, you mentioned earlier. But what is your like if you want to call it your favorite Bible verse or your life verse? Like, do you have like a verse mm-hmm. that's like you, you kind of cling to day in, day out? Yeah. So John uh, 330 uh Basically, the story is John the Baptist uh, was baptizing everybody um, and his disciples and stuff. And then Jesus shows up and Jesus is disciples and everybody starts going to them. And so all of a sudden, John the Baptist is not the popular dude. And Mm -hmm. uh, that whole story in John, John, the disciples um, or John the Baptist, sorry, um, disciples come to him and they're all mad because they were the popular guys mm-hmm. and so they're all like why is everybody going to him why is everybody going over to jesus and his disciples and all you know there's like this jealousy and john the baptist like kind of gives them a talk down and i love it and he's he he goes hey i told you all along that i was not the one mm. i was sent to prepare the place and now he's here and so the the 330 is um he must become greater i must become less mm. And I think if you have to pick a verse out of the entire Bible to sum up how we should live our life, like every morning, how great would this place be if every morning we woke up and said, Jesus needs to be greater Mm. in my life and I need to be less like how, like how much better would this place be? You know, I think it Mm -hmm. would cure a lot of, if you got rid of the selfishness and, and the, you know, me generation Mm -hmm. Uh, ideas that that people have and you literally put yourself uh you know really third you know it's a you know god first other second me third uh, Mm -hmm. mentality i think if we all had that Mm -hmm. man this would be a better loving place facts 100 percent. now that that that's that's a good word i think that's a it's a really good verse to kind of live your life by and that's that's a good piece of advice to give to other people is you know like you said if we all lived how Christ wanted us to live, then, you know, and the world would not be what it would, what it would be right now, which is yeah, insane. It would definitely change it. <laughs> so what is your, um, we're kind of going like, you know, roller coaster of like, you know, super inspirational, super funny, super, you know, but Hey, welcome to, uh, how, how we do things here. What is your funniest fan encounter? Like you, you did a show and then you had like just something that's just like, you go home and, you know, you don't really, you talk to your wife and your kids like, oh, the show was great. But like, man, this, this one thing stuck out. Like this one person, like scream this from the, this, the stage or, you know. Oh, I've, oh, I've had so many. Um, Even just recently I did a show and I normally do my, you know, show by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, every once in a while, if I'm touring with Hawkins or, you know, John Christ or somebody like we'll get up on stage and do something together. Mm-hmm. Um. But just recently, I did a full hour show with another person. Mm. Um, 
I didn't want to, but the four-year-old uh, screaming kid, mm -hmm. uh, that girl's parents were was not going to shut that kid up. And so, and they put the kid in the front row. It was at a church. So they put him in the front pew and then they sat behind her and she rolled on the pew. She got up and ran circles around. She talked the entire time. So I did a, a duo show for an hour, <laughs> oh, wow. not by choice, but, and at, at one point, uh, and it was a church show, so they wanted me uh, to do stand up, but also, you know, kind of have some uh, inspiring message or something, you know, mm -hmm. like some encouragement and stuff. So I'm sharing some testimony. I'm I'm talking about some kind of serious stuff. It's got jokes within it, but, right. you know, it's kind of a moment of like encouraging. And this kid won't shut up. And so <laughs> I finally I go, man, I love telling this story. I wish I was the only one telling it right now. And then I turn and look at her thinking, okay, the parents are going to do something. Right. But no, the parents just laughed and were like, <laughs> yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, that was bad. Probably the weirdest, the weirdest one was um, I got to a church. Uh, I do most, most of my shows are at churches. Mm -hmm. And so I got to a church and uh, it had been a long morning. And so I needed to go to the bathroom. And so I went in to the bat i set up my merch table so mm. it was about an hour and a half before the show but people are already starting to show up and i go into the bathroom and i'm i'm a very private person anyway right but i go into this bathroom i'm trying to tell this without being gross but i go into the <laughs> bathroom to do to do it all right and I, i'm in the stall and all of a sudden i used to sell these eight by tens uh photos for autographs and uh, all of a sudden, uh -oh. under the stall, I see an eight by ten, like slid under there with a sharpie. And I was like, "Uh, <laughs> can I help you?" And they, and this is the weirdest part. A girl's voice goes, "Um, can I get an autograph?" No. And I was like, "Uh," and she goes, "I'm so sorry. My friends dared me to come in and and do this." And I was like. Uh, well, first of all, you got to get better friends. Oh my okay. Gosh. And second of all, this is super inappropriate because I'm such a private person anyway, when it comes to that kind of stuff. Right. And, and to have like, oh my a and this wasn't a target bathroom. So it was <laughs> like, not okay for her to be in there. And it was just, so that was probably my most like cringe worthy, uh, oh my fan gosh. interaction. And I, I said, go stand outside. I, and and of course, then there I know she's standing outside. So I know she's like seeing how long I take. So now I've got to like, you know, rock back and forth and, and speed this thing up. And so I, uh, yeah, it was just the most awkward, weirdest, like fan interaction. Yikes. Uh, that I've had. But yeah, I've had just tons of, I, I, I remember, I like the ones that, that kind of, humble me uh i had my first dvd had come out mm -hmm. uh, and we had moved to uh, north of houston where we live we just moved there and my dvd came out and it was doing really well and i went to the bank and i was depositing some checks and uh, the lady looked up at me and she goes hey i know who you are and i don't know why i did this but i was like oh did you see my uh dvd and normally i'm not cocky at all because i'm not famous <laughs> i'm not and uh, she looks at me and she goes no, I used to work at Starbucks and you were in there all the time. 
And so she had no clue that I did stand up. She just saw me in the corner writing all day, you know, over at a Starbucks. And so I, I like little moments like that that kind of take the, That's you know, awesome. like, no, come on. Oh, one more, uh, one more. So during 2020, all my shows canceled. Like mm -hmm. I, I remember the, the week of that COVID hit everybody. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, in a day and a half, 73 shows for the rest of the year canceled. Oh, man. And so I was like, oh, and you know, we have way too many kids. So mm -hmm. I was like, well, I don't know how long it's going to last. So I started Uber Eats driving just to know that we were going to have money to pay bills. Cause I didn't right. know how long. And so I was Uber Eats driving for, <laughs> I don't know, about three months. And then, um, and in that, my first uh, dry bar special came out. Mm -hmm. um, and so, no, no, I'm sorry. My, it was my second dry bar special. My second dry bar special came out. I remember because they don't tell you whenever it drops, dry mm -hmm. bar doesn't. Right. And um, they, it, my second one dropped on a Sunday night and uh, Claiborne Cox, another comedian texted me and he said, man, your second dry bar just dropped and it's so good. Mm -hmm. And I had to text him back and say, I really appreciate that but I've got to deliver this Taco Bell to this third story <laughs> apartment building. It was, it was so humbling. Mm. And then we'll talk about my second dry bar special, but <laughs> I was actually Uber eats driving when I was doing that. So my second dry bar came out, it did really well. And I was at our grocery store, HEB uh, here in Texas. And this guy comes up to me and same thing. He was like, Hey, I know you. And I, I don't know why I did this. I didn't learn from the, the bank experience, <laughs> but I was like, Oh, did you see my dry bar special? And he said, no, you delivered food to us Sunday night. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's right. I'm an Uber yeah. eats, eats delivery uh, guy. That's but awesome. I delivered food to him and his kids were like fighting and all this kind of stuff. So while he was getting the food, I started telling them jokes mm -hmm. and making the kids laugh. And so he remembered me because <laughs> of that. But he was like, what do you mean dry bar? Do you do hair? Like, what? <laughs> like he was so confused. That's awesome. So, yeah. So I, yeah, I've had I've had a lot of weird encounters, stuff like that. That's cool. So if you could go back to your eighteen year old self, and give your and go back and be like, okay, from when you were eighteen to to your twenty, you know, your pl twenty one year old self now, and yeah. go, well done. I want to give myself an advice. Advice back then. What what would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would probably, if I could go back to my younger self, I would tell, I would tell me that things are going to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I had a lot of anxiety, um, just about the future. You know, um, I was in a career that was not guaranteed. Like we were living like just show to show paycheck mm -hmm. to paycheck. Um, and the whole time, especially in the early years, I was like, am I chasing a dream that's ridiculous? That's going to, you know, ultimately hurt my family. Is, is this, you know, I, I kept second guessing whether I should be pursuing comedy, <clears throat> even though I didn't pursue it at the beginning and God just kept opening doors. I should have seen that, you know, better mm -hmm. hindsight 2020 sort of thing. But I think I had so much anxiety. And even in high school, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I was I was so worried about what I was going to do and, you know, whether I was going to make the wrong career choice or, you know, what I think if I could go back to myself, I would tell myself like, hey, just relax. Everything's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, and when things aren't fine, it's still going to be fine. You're still going to be okay. You know, and I, th- I think that would just make me relax and enjoy each, you know, year that I had mm-hmm. rather than worrying about the future, which the Bible talks about, like, you know, don't, don't worry about the future. You know, God takes care of the birds. He takes care of, you know, he's going to take care of his, his children. Um, that's a lesson that I've, I've, I did not really truly grasp, uh, until, you know, my later, really the last like eight years, mm. I've, I've kind of just realized like, Oh God. And I guess the pandemic was a big, uh, you know, like proof of that was like, oh, we went through like just all of a sudden everything went away. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, the the ability to to take care of my family went away. But here's the deal. It didn't. God did provide. I joke about Uber Eats driving, but I did that. And then when schools opened back up, I started substitute teaching and God took care of our family mm-hmm. through that. You, you've got to be willing to to do stuff that you don't think that you, you know, wanted to do, or you've got to be willing to to put in the work and the effort and stuff. But ultimately life's going to be okay, mm-hmm. no matter what. So that that's the message I would, I would give myself. That's cool. And so if you had to give any advice to the listeners today, um, what would it be? So let, let, let's, let's do a, like kind of, you know, heavy spiritual, like piece of advice. And then let's do some like funny advice. Okay. Um, the serious advice would be the exact same answer. Mm. Um, man, life's going to be okay. Like Mm. you you probably are worried about, you know, something, there's probably a bunch of things that you're, you're constantly concerned about, man, ultimately it's going to be okay. Mm. You know, just wake up every day, do the best you can, and you're going to get through whatever, you know, whatever th- that thing is that you're worried about, it's you're going to look back on it and it's not going to be that big a deal. Mm-hmm. You're going to see that you got through it. Um, so I I think the advice I'd give myself is the advice I'd, I'd give other people. Mm-hmm. Um, on a more lighthearted note, uh, the person in the left lane that's driving super slow doesn't care. They're already the most selfish person in the world. So pulling up next to them and glaring at them is not going to have any effect on their life. So just let it go. Like, yeah, you can silently, you know, hope that something bad happens to them, but like trying to confront them and stuff is not going to work because they already are the most selfish person in the world and you're not <laughs> going to change that. So just go on with your life and just try to let it go. That, so that's some solid I guess advice. that's, that's more of a very serious uh, one as well. I'll try to think of a funny one later, but that <laughs> that's what I struggle with because I travel so much. I'm like, get out of the left lane. You like the world does not revolve around you. Google Maps isn't starting with you. And uh, it's so frustrating. That's funny. What's where's your favorite place you travel to to do comedy? Um, I've had some great show. Uh, Hawaii is probably it's just so great. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been there three different times. The first time I I went, uh, there was a band called Audio Adrenaline, mm-hmm. and they were doing their farewell uh, shows, and they so they did the last three down in Hawaii, and they asked me to come down and uh and open for them, uh, but at the time, uh, they they would only pay for one plane ticket, mm-hmm. and so it was me, and they all brought their wives. 
And so it's Hawaii. So it's like the most romantic place in the world. And they're all sitting on the beach, making out with their wives. And I'm just standing there like, you guys want to go snorkeling? Like it was, it was, <laughs> it reminded me of being in high school again. Like everybody just totally like with their girlfriends. And I'm just standing there going, anybody want to play, you know, ping pong? You know, like it was, but uh, Hawaii is just great. Great people. Um, I did a tour over in England and Wales. And cool. there was a moment where uh, I was staying in this little cottage. It was a classic. Uh, it was up on the hill and you walked out and there was a, a cobblestone uh, fence all around the town. And you'd see all these little uh, old English houses with uh, smoke coming out of the chimney. And uh, it was misting. Mm -hmm. And it was just the perfect, like what you would think England would be like. And I remember standing up on that hillside, like looking at this going, I'm in England because I can tell a joke. That's awesome. Like how weird is that, that I'm in a, you know, a foreign land because I can like put together a setup and punchline. <laughs> like that <laughs> seems so surreal to me. And I was just so like grateful that I was having that experience. So, um, yeah, yeah. England, Wales was great. The Welsh are, I always heard that they were really like mean and, and they weren't, they were just so nice and, and polite. So that's cool. Um, yeah, I like those places. Uh, Banger, Maine mm. is probably like, I know that's a weird, but it is, everybody there is nice. I've been there twice now and everybody's nice. Um, it's great food. It's, you know, it's, it's so different than Texas. So mm -hmm. I think that's why it kind of stands out. Uh, Stephen King lived mm -hmm. there. I'm not a fan of Stephen King personally, mm -hmm. uh, and totally disagree with his politics. Uh, but I grew up reading all his books and stuff. And so I got to tour his house mm -hmm. and that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, but yeah, that, uh, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Hawaii. Nice. So sadly, Leesburg didn't make even as a redhead, <laughs> you know, but uh, Leesburg didn't make the cut of your favorite places to be. Where? Leesburg. Leesburg is great if uh, you like want to kickstart a yawn. Um, <laughs> that's a great place to be. <laughs> no, I've been there twice now. I've yeah. been there. I've been there two times and it is. It's great people. They have great Santa hats. I got that oh, yeah? uh, weird elf hat. Um <laughs> From you guys, no, oh, yeah. I both shows there were were really cool. That's yeah. just a that's a great group of people. Yeah. Um, for for context for the show. listeners, he uh, our our church has a thrift store, and so Bob Smiley has come out to do the last two uh, Christmas uh, parties. Has been the entertainer, and from what I've heard, been one of our one of the more favorite entertainers. And so, um, but yeah, so that and that's how we met. And how, uh, yeah, and how, how I asked you to be on the podcast, and you said yes. And then working to get this scheduled was fun, but you know, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you were like, you were like, can, can we do it? Like, can we do it? And I was like, yeah. And you were like, oh, thank you so much. We're, we're on. We're, we'll set this date. We set the date. And I think maybe what a minute and a half later, you emailed me and was like, uh, actually, that's not good for me. Yeah, and that so was then the, we started this whole barrage of trying to make this happen. That was the most embarrassing moment, I think. Oh, well, maybe not the most embarrassing moment, but it was awkward because, like, I had just got a new phone, and so through the church we use Outlook to schedule almost everything we do. 
Well, my phone wasn't yeah. linked to my Outlook calendar, so my count my my regular calendar wasn't linked with that, and so I was like, "Yeah, I'll put you on the podcast." And I was like, "Oh, I don't have my my Outlook calendar link," so I linked it, and it's like all of a sudden it's like there was five events on the same day that you and I were supposed to podcast originally. I was like, <laughs> oh, "I can't do that," and so, but it's really cool. I um purposely waited to make sure you were first episode of the year. So that was uh, nice. That's you know, it's a it, not really an honor, but you know, <laughs> well, I wanted to get you on here. It was fun. So if uh, yeah. so normally we like to end the podcast with a you know dad jokes, just jokes in general, and you know normally I kind of throw them out there, but I have like a comedian, I have a professional at doing jokes, so I'm gonna see if you got okay. But I like to have an opener, so you got one. <laughs> you want to um, open for me? Open for you. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see what I got. Um, I usually have a list of them. I gotta go find the list. Let's see. While uh, you're looking, uh, I'll tell you one that I think is hilarious, and I couldn't get it to work on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see if I can even remember it because when I wrote it, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be difficult to." Um, so I don't know why the guy who played Doctor Strange hasn't made a medicated adhesive uh, sleep pad mm. because I would totally buy a Benedict slumber patch. <laughs> okay, that's like, good. I think that's <laughs> hilarious, and I'll- and I've done that on stage like three times, and some people laugh, but but a lot of people are like, I guess it's too wordy. Why they're trying to put it together, but mm-hmm. Benedict Slumber Patch, come on, that's I, I think it's good. I wonder if it's just because people don't know that Doctor Strange is like you know actor's real name is you know Benedict. Like I don't know. Yeah, I guess I could have said Sherlock, but I thought more people would know him from Doctor Strange. Right. So um, um, I don't know, but that's it. That's a that's a joke I really like that I never mm-hmm. could get to work on stage. Uh. One one that I like is it says my bills aren't even bills anymore. They've grown. I call them Williams. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, when I die, I want to be cremated, and I'm trying to talk my kids into putting me in a jar that says he earned it. <laughs> there you go. That's good. That's good. If you're out shopping today, be nice to the realtor workers. It's not your fault. Their fault that you waited till Mary's water broke the shop. <laughs> Oh, I'll tell you one. We we went uh, uh, goose hunting up in Arkansas uh, this weekend, and uh, we're sitting out there. I mean, we're freezing. It's like seventeen degrees. It's starting to snow, and uh, Xander, my, one of my kids, uh, just. I mean, we're all just huddled in this field, and we're shivering. And he just goes, "Where, where does a turkey have the most feathers?" And we're all just like. Like we don't even want to talk because our breath just freezes in front of us. And finally I go, I don't know. And he goes, the outside. <laughs> I don't know why, but we all died laughing because it was so dumb. Uh, it was just so dumb. What does the 300 pound canary say? What? Sure. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> A pessimist sees a dark tunnel. It'd be tunnel. better if I had if I had a like deeper voice, but <laughs> that'd be funny. A pessimist yeah. sees a dark tunnel. An optimist sees a light at the end of the tunnel. A realist sees a freight train. The train driver sees three idiots standing on the track. Nice, that's good. Yeah. I just found out Taco Bell now serves breakfast. 
which uh-huh. is good news for people who want to get diarrhea earlier in the day. <laughs> you may have to cut that one. <laughs> but uh-huh. I tell that on stage and I'm surprised that people, you want to know a joke that I tell on stage that, um, that gets a huge laugh and it's not, it doesn't have a punchline. It's just uh, mm-hmm. funny, but it is, this is true. Cause I did this. So here, here it is. Um, I think it's hilarious that my 18 year old son doesn't know. I still have a baby monitor hidden in his room. That's it. <laughs> but that's true. I left a baby monitor because I was a single dad uh, right. for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I put a baby monitor in my oldest son's room. And so one night on stage, Hawkins and I, we would go up and we'd do these one-liners on stage. Mm-hmm. And I blanked and couldn't think of another one. And so I just said that. And it got like an applause break. So <laughs> I don't know if it's necessarily funny or if parents just love the parenting tip. That's actually really funny. That That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, um, the last one I got is uh, kind of along the same lines of the Taco Bell. It says, I accidentally swallowed some Scrabble tiles. The next trip to the bathroom could spell disaster. Mm. Oh. But. That's really how you want to end this? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's that's cool, uh, man. What you got? All right, here's one. Uh, for Mother's Day, I wrote a beautiful poem to my wife and read it aloud to her, but she didn't hear it over the lawnmower she was pushing. <laughs> so there you go. That's good. It's a little cleaner, a little nicer. Yeah, that's a good way to end it. But... Hey, well, I really do appreciate you being on today. It's been a lot of fun hanging out and having having uh, having you on. I'll, uh, you know, well, our tens of listeners will be excited to to hear you. You're so, up to ten. Up to ten. I know, right? Look at you, yeah. big boy. See those? The, it was five, and then your family of five made it to ten. So, <laughs> oh, my family of five told me to uh, tell you they weren't going to listen. Uh, so okay, so now we're back down to five. Sorry. Yeah, it's, you're it's back okay. down to five. It's okay. But yeah. hey, I got five loyal. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, well, that's what matters. They're, they're the ones that count. Exactly. So, well, man, I appreciate it. When uh, We'll potentially have you on again, maybe. You know, we, since it's your favorite podcast of all the time, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love uh, philosophy. Yes. Every Friday. Yep. Every week. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'm trying not to give you too many sound bites. Bob Smiley says, <laughs> this is the greatest. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. <laughs>